but she has to. Because she, you know, she gets to hear these messages three and four and five times before you ever get to hear them. <laughs> Praise God. And so we are talking about intimacy. And we're talking about the relationship that you have with the Lord. And it's got to be purposed. And something I'm going to talk a lot about today and we talked about before is your soul versus the spirit. There is a battle going on, folks. Right now, most of the world is making decisions based on the soul realm. Their mind, their will, and their emotions. They're making it, and if I, if you made your decisions all based on emotions, you'd be in a mess. If I made my decisions based on an emotion, there'd be toothless people walking around this community. Because <laughs> my emotions would get the best of me. You've got to decide today how you're going to make your decisions and what you're going to base your decisions on. Now, <clears throat> I'm going to talk today about how the enemy is trying to hinder intimacy your intimacy with the Lord. And again, we're going to talk a lot about the word, 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 because that is the answer. Do you know how many people are Christians that don't know the word, they're not in the word, they don't read the word, they don't study the word, they don't anything about the word, but then but then crisis comes. I have so many people, and probably you have this a lot too, people come to me and say, well, I really feel the Lord is wanting me to do this and that. And I'm saying, can you find that in the Bible anywhere? They don't know if they can or not. Because when you don't know the word, any truth can be a truth. But it is not the truth. And there's a big difference. And so there's some things I want to talk about. I call them intimacy destroyers. See, in 1 Peter 5.8, it says, Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He walks around as if he's a roaring lion, but he's lying. See how I did that? That's pretty good. He thinks he's a lion, but he's lying. He's lying to you. And we just consume the lie. Because I'll tell you where the enemy likes to live. He likes to live in the soul realm. Because if he can get you all worked up about something, you pick up and take off with it, and he's done. Yeah. He just, he leaves, he can't be everywhere at once. So if he's at my house, he can't be at your house. Now, he's got demons, and he's got helpers and evil spirits. We know all of that. But we make it too easy for him, because we get in this soul realm, and instead of checking in with the Word of God and, and believing and, and standing on the Word of God and the truth, we get all emotional, our mind, our will, and our emotions take over, and we make a decision based on what we think, feel, see, or hear, rather than what the Word of God says. I know I'm not the only one that does it. Maybe I am. See, we need to be aware and on guard. You need to maintain your relationship. See, here's what we say. The enemy is this and the enemy is that. But truly, the enemy uses things to get us to sabotage our own relationship with the Lord. See, here's another thing. Soul decisions versus word decisions or spirit decisions. Most people make, they, most people meditate and make decisions based on how they feel rather than what the truth of the word of God is. Okay? Now, I'm not the word police. When people say, well, I, I really feel this, I understand what they're saying. But so many times people are just get emotional how many people have made decisions out of emotion and it ends on destruction? Yeah. 
One of the things, as, as Americans or as human beings, we are so impatient. You know, we think we serve the Burger King, not the King of Kings. I roar up to the box, I put in my order, and I roll up to the window, and if it's not hot and ready right now in three minutes, I'm mad. Now, I don't know if any of this has ever happened to you, but you ever gone up to the, the window and all of a sudden they say, can you pull over to your curbs, your fries aren't done? And you're miffed. I can't believe the audacity. It says it's fast food, and that's not fast food. I should get my meal for free. You're in the service business. You understand what I'm talking about. It's supposed to be, and what is it? what are you saying? It's supposed to be done my way. My way. There's a whole song about, I did it my way. How's that working for you? Probably not so good. You've got to make your decisions based on the truth of the word of God. So Philippians 4, and I'm going to start in verse 4, but I really want to get to verse 8. And I want to, I want to put it in context because here's what the Lord was saying. Rejoice in the Lord always. Always? Always. Again, just let me remind you again, rejoice in the Lord. Because one thing I've got to tell you, when you become a Christian... It's not all a bed of roses. It's difficult. There's a fight. There's an enemy. He doesn't like you. He hates you. He wants you to go to hell. It's not an easy thing. One of the greatest falsehoods we tell people is, man, you give your life to Jesus and your life is going to be great. It is going to be great. But it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. There's some difficulties. And where do you go? Where do you go when things get hard? Most people get, go to their own knowledge their own emotions, their own will to try to figure it all out instead of the Word of God. Do you know the Word of God is still true today? Whether you believe it or not, it still is. And it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now listen to this. In everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, being thankful, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and mind through Christ. Most people don't take the request to God. They, they just decide this is what we're going to do. They don't take any requests to God. Most people go with their laundry list of things that they want. Make your request known, and then guess what it says? It says, then it says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We need to have our hearts and our minds at peace. The only way you can do that is through that intimate relationship with Christ. And you can compromise it by deciding, well, yeah, I know what the Word of God says, but... When, you know how I feel about that word, but. The minute you say that, you've erased everything you said before that. You look really great today, honey, but. Do not do that. That is marriage seminar 101. You want to be in trouble immediately? Man, you look really great today, honey, but. But what? You know? Honey, that was a great sermon today, but. Be careful. That's just, that was free. What do you meditate? Now, here's one of the things. Make your request known, and the peace that passes all understanding will come. Confess the word, speak the word, meditate in the word, and then apply it. Here's the question. What 
do you meditate on? The problem, what the world says, what people say, or the Word of God? What are you meditating on? That makes a big difference. You know, it, it's not hard to tell what people are meditating on. You can tell by what's coming out of their pie hole. Yeah, people don't like it. When he said pie hole, okay, your mouse. Is that better? <laughs> Finally, brethren, and this is in verse 8, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, that sounds like all the things of God. Meditate on that. You know, I mean, I want you to, and I'm going to use Jamie for an example because Jamie's got big shoulders. If I come in and I'm meditating on his bald head, <laughs> all during worship, that's what I'm meditating on. Am I getting anything out of the worship? No, I'm meditating on all the wrong thing. You know? You say, man, one day I hope that I can be, you know? I'm meditating on all the wrong things. What are you meditating on? And guess what? You get your focus on the wrong thing and you miss everything that God has done in worship. The presence of God's here. Man, and people say, well, I didn't feel nothing. Well, whose fault is that? One thing I know, God hasn't moved and he hasn't changed. He's got this attitude. He thinks he's God. That, that's right. Stop the distraction. But here's the thing. What are you meditating on? We forever meditate on the problem instead of the word of God. Now, People have said, well, I confess the word, I'm in the word, and I believe in the word, and I stand the word, and the problem's still there. But I, yeah, maybe the problem is still there, but I'll bet you your attitude, your heart, and your mind are completely different about that problem than it was before. And I know this. The Bible says the word of God will not return void, so eventually it's going to do what it's intended to do. How long are you willing to stand on this word? Well, it didn't work for me in five minutes. It may take 10 minutes to get it into you, or even 15, or maybe a year. How many people have believed for something for years, and then all of a sudden, just about when they're ready to give up, there it is. There it is. You can't go by your emotions, what, what your soul says. You've got to go by what the Spirit of God, the Word of God says. Most of, do you know, and some of you aren't going to like this, so just get ready. I've got big ushers. Most of the frustration, your anger, your hurt, all come from a root of pride. Now, there are some hurts, some things that have been done to you, all right? Devastating things that have caused hurt. But most of the time people say, well, someone hurt my feelings. That's the most of the time there's, the root of that is pride. You get into any, any relationship, marriage, man, woman, friends, it doesn't matter. When there is a, a, a problem, it's because I want what I want, and I want what I want, and I want you to do what I want. No, I want you to do what I want. The brood of it is pride. Most frustration and anger comes from a place of pride. I want people to do what I want to do, and if they don't, I'm going to get mad about it. That is running rampant today. You think the way I think, you talk the way I think, or... I'm going to get in your face about it. 
It is the number one destroyer of relationships. Pride. 1 John 2.16, and I'm going to tell you something. There's nothing new under the sun. 1 John 2.16 says this, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life are all self-focused and pride-driven. I want you to think about that. It's all, self, it's all self-driven. It's for me. It started in the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.1, and I'll just read this through 11. Now the serpent was much more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? There was a truth in that. It wasn't the truth, but it, there was a truth. And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said in verse 4 to the woman, You will not surely die. This is exactly what the enemy likes to do. He likes to get you using the, the word of God says, but. That little bit of doubt. Well, it, does it really work? Is that really what God said? You'll not surely die, for God knows in the day you eat it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. And I submit to you, a lot of our voices that we hear, that we say are God, sound an awful lot like We, we try to be our own God, make our own decisions our own way. So when the woman saw that, the, now look, when she saw that the tree was good for fruit, or good for food, lust of the flesh, it was pleasant to the eyes, lust of the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, pride of life. She took and ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. All right? And then they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And God called out to him, Where are you? And in verse 10, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and hid myself. In verse 11, Who told you you were naked? Who told you healing wasn't for today? Who told you that you couldn't have peace today? Who told you you couldn't have joy in the midst? Who told you that you were going to be an addict for the rest of your life? Who told you those things? It was not God. Who told you that you'll amount to nothing? Who told you that, you know what? Things are never going to get better. Who told you? Who told you? 2,000 years ago, Jesus said it was finished, and he took care of all of that. All of it. So my question is, is who told you? Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? What are you meditating on? He said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded you you should not eat? And I mean, I, I can just see, you know, if Adam was anything like me, it was like, no. Mm -mm, I didn't do it. 
a wife. <laughs> I remember when I was growing up, we had this little schoolhouse cookie jar, and it had a top that you would lift off, right? And you'd lift it off, and it was on a high shelf. Well, you know, my mom, you know, she would know when there were significant amount of cookies that were gone, you know? And she would come and ask, you know, with cookie crumbs on my face, you know. My, now, my brother, he was a climber. So he would climb and he'd get cookies and he'd distribute them, my younger brother. Of course, I may have had something to do with, hey, climb up there and get some cookies. And then mom would say, did you get into the cookies? Mm-mm. It's my brother. He did it. I mean, I had crumbs all over my face, but he's the one that actually got the cookies, mom. I was an innocent bystander, right? Yeah, what do you, yeah, yeah. So, so he said, that, he said, did you eat from this tree like God didn't know? See, the enemy uses this very thing today. Who told you it wasn't for today? Who told you God doesn't bless his children? Who told you you couldn't find peace, deliverance, joy, and comfort today? Who told you that? My Bible says that when he said it was finished 2,000 years ago, it was finished, and his Bible is full of his promises, his peace, his joy, it's there. The fruits of the Spirit. That is the Spirit of God. When you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior and moved in there, those are the fruits I'm talking about. So don't tell me, well, I don't have that fruit or I don't have that fruit. If you confess Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit's moved in there, that fruit is there. Joy, peace. All those things are there. But your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions dictate that. Nope. Who's winning that fight? Spirit, the word of God, or your soul? I confess to you, I have made so many, and still today, I know this, and I know the truth, and still I make decisions emotionally without thinking. And, it, and of course, with me, one of my problems is, is my mouth follows my emotions, and that's trouble. Maybe I'm the only one here and does that. You know, that whole think before you speak, that was specifically for me. <laughs> because I just think that, you know, what I have to say is important and everybody needs to hear it. And the wisest thing, <laughs> the wisest thing somebody ever told me, one of my pastors says, you know, not everybody needs to know what you think. Really? Yeah, really. The Bible says even a fool seems wise if he keeps his mouth shut. Ouch. I didn't like that one. Did you tell yourself or did others tell you? The Lord didn't tell you. The enemy loves that soul, soul realm. Now, you know it's nothing new under the sun. The enemy used the exact same things against Jesus. Exactly. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness and tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. Well, did you think? Has anybody ever here fasted? Most people can't fast for 40 minutes because after 40 minutes, man, you get a hunger pain. I could work all day without eating. The minute you say the word fast, and I'm going on a fast because I'm a spiritual giant. 40 minutes later, man, I got cotton mouth. My legs are weak. I'm sure I've got, you know, I'm sure my sugar is crashing. I'm blacking out. I'm seeing spots. I'm going to die if I don't get something to eat. I just know I am. I just know it. So, suffer, yeah, yeah. 
And then, and that's the thing, you know, and it says, you know, don't let you be, and, and so you're, you're letting everybody know, oh, oh, I'm fasting, I'm so spiritual for God. How long have you been fasting? 40 minutes. I can do it. I don't need a cookie for at least another hour. I can hang on. Praise God. Yeah, so then there's, so he was, so obviously after 40 days, he'd have been hungry. And so what does the enemy do? The enemy, I'm going to tell you this right now, he absolutely tries to get you where you are weak. If you, if you deal with anger, he's going to use anger. He's going to try to, no, you can bet, you can bet. You're dealing with anger issues, you can bet, man, when you're at the light and it turns green, there's somebody in front of you sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, and they're not going, eh, will you get moving? I see others have experienced that. Oh, yeah, you can bet. Or you can bet that, sure enough, you're going to go to work on Monday and that aggravating co-worker is going to sit down right with you at lunchtime and say, hi, how you doing? I've always thought, I, I can't say this is biblical, but I've always thought, you know what, I need to make peace with everybody on this planet because I don't want to spend eternity next to somebody they didn't like in this world. That would be a terrible thing, wouldn't it? You got odd against somebody, and the Lord said, well, they're going to be your neighbor for eternity. Deal with it. Of course, when you get to heaven, none of that's going to matter, I understand. Praise God for that. But listen, after 40 days, he was hungry. And then the tempter came, the enemy came and said, if... If you are truly the Son of God, command these stones to become bread. And again, he was hungry. It would have been easy for him to say, Lord, I need some bread. I mean, you know, he took a couple of fishes and a few loaves and fed thousands. But what did he do? The tempter came and hit him in his weak area, and this is what he did. He said, it is written. It's written. It's right here. It's in the Word. So when he comes to us, we say, nope. This is what the Word said. My mind, my will, and emotions are just going to have to shut up. And this is what I'm going to believe. This is how you fight. This is how you overcome anger. This is how you overcome addiction. This is how you overcome everything. This is it, right here. But the thing of it is, is most people don't have a clue of what this even says. But he answered and said, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He used the word of God to fight the lust of the flesh. Matthew 4, verse 5. Then the devil took him up to the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written, he shall give his angels charge over you. Now notice, he used a scripture verse there, but it was tweaked. And most people take scripture verses and tweak it to benefit them for my purpose. See, this is what it says, so it, so it fits my purpose. No, we need to fit his purpose. He's not going to fit your purpose. You guys are mighty quiet for a charismatic Scared. All right, if you're the son of God, throw yourself down, for it's written he'll give you charge. And in... Their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Pride of life. Do you know, and, and you watch this, you watch this in the world, you watch it in the corporate business place, and unfortunately you even watch it in the church. It's corporate climbers, the pride of life. If I can just be somebody, then I'm something. If you are a born-again believer, you already are something. You don't need to prove, you, need, you don't need to try to be something. You are something. You know, I don't 
to go around trying to be a Christian. I am a Christian. Just be what you are. You know, there, there's people, and I don't know why in the world anybody, if they're not called to the, to the five-fold ministry, the pulpit ministry, they'd ever want it. But people, you know, people come to me and say, I'm this and I'm blah, 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 blah. And I said, when the Lord tells me to release, I will be happy to give this to you. But you, my cell phone goes with it. You get my cell phone too. And deal with the 17 calls a week. The enemy will try to convince us to twist the word to benefit us in the way we desire it to be. But the truth of the word of God is the truth. It's not a truth. It's the truth. And so let me just clue you in. There's a whole lot of truths flying around right now. You know, people are embracing this, this truth, a truth that there's many ways to God. Not according to Acts 4.12, there's not. There's only one way, and that's through Jesus Christ in a relationship with him. That's not a truth, that's the truth. Well, I don't believe that. Well, okay, it doesn't make it any less true, because you don't believe it. The enemy will try to convince us. Again, the devil took him up. That was the pride of life. And again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. He showed him all this stuff, the lust of the eyes. I'll give it all to you. This is where the enemy has just deceived the body of Christ over and over and over and over and over and over. All this I will give to you. But he didn't realize Jesus knew it was already his. It's already ours. He didn't have to compromise so the devil would give him anything. It was already his. It's already ours. The lust of the eyes. Then Jesus said, Away with you, Satan, for it's written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. In verse 411, Then the devil left him, and behold, the angels came and ministered to him. Listen, when you are standing and you are fighting and you are standing on the word of God, I truly believe this with all my heart. Comfort will come through that. Even in the middle of your battle, you'll still find comfort. It'll come. But then I want you to read the rest of the story, and it says he left and waited for a more opportune time. Doesn't mean he's not going to come back and try again. Ride that fence, see if there's a hole. And whenever he comes back, what do you do? You use the word of God. You know, I heard the saying, and I don't like it, but it's the truth. If there's no test, there's no testimony. And we're going to have tests and tests and tests and tests and trials and tribulations. The Bible's full of them and says we're going to have them. But we can have peace and joy in the middle of it. It's already ours. But see, the enemy tries to convince us. But if, if you'll just do this, you'll find the peace. If you just do that, you'll find the joy. You know, if you just have, you know, 17 girlfriends is better than one. Excuse me? I, I don't know about you. One woman is more than enough for me. And women would say, one husband is more than enough for me. That's a big enough job, just one husband. Why would anybody want more than one? That's just me. Or anything else. You know, I, I, I was thinking of Gary, and, you know, Gary's got a company, and he's got lots of employees, and he had lots of vehicles. And people are saying, man, you're so blessed. You've got all these vehicles. That's great. Do you know what a headache that is? You've got to maintain them. 
You got to know where they're at. You got to hope they don't get stolen. You got you got to put insurance on them. But you know, it always looks. You know why is it that when we look at things, we always look at the people that seem to be doing better than us, instead of the people that are doing worse than us. You know, we always compare ourselves. Man, they've got they've got a beautiful house in the water, and then they've got a cottage over here. And praise God for that. But we're right. But why don't you compare to your person that's living in a hut with a dirt floor? It's got no bathroom facilities at all. But we don't. Because the enemy is that lust of the eyes. Somehow we think if we have that, we'll be happier. The joy of the Lord is your strength. You know, and I'm, I'll use this example. I've used it before. It's been two years now. I got a new truck. And if you understand, for three years I drove a Ford Fiesta, four-door, four-cylinder, beep, 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 little, I'm a, I'm a grown man, I'm a grown man in the UP, driving this, getting made fun of and laughed at, and it was just, and my feelings were hurt, but it was a pride thing, and I knew it, and I just thought, I just thought, when I get a truck, I'll be a real man again. And I got my truck and the lust in my eyes, and I saw this, and I got this beautiful black truck, and I'm like, hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, I'm down somewhere, and all of a sudden the batteries dies. This no good for nothing, stupid truck, dumb. I'm cursing the very thing that I was just praising a minute ago. That is not going to satisfy you. Momentarily it will. Someday, somebody else is going to own my truck. They won't have any money because I'm not leaving any. So you know, I've already informed my children, you're on your own. Oh, praise God. I love my children, but I'm spending every dime I got. But listen. So what are we supposed to do? We need to conform ourselves to the Word of God. Conform yourselves to that. This is what the Bible says. Now, if, listen, all right, I feel the pushback. If you want to leave stuff to your kids, feel free. <laughs> feel free. I'm not judging anybody. Don't be judging me. I mean, leave them all, whatever you want. That's fine. I'll live. You tend your own garden. Conform yourself to this word, not your opinion, not your emotions, not your attitude, not to what you see, hear, or think. Don't conform yourself to that. Not to our soul, but to the Spirit of God through the word. Romans 12, 2, and I'm, I'm, I'm winding down, coming in for landing. And do not be conformed, in this church that doesn't mean anything. And do not be conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that it may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Conform yourself to the word of God. That's what will your, renew your mind. And in Romans 10, 17, it says, So when faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. I want you to hear that and break it down. Faith comes by what you hear. 
What you need to hear is the Word of God. And when you hear it, then be obedient to it. The Word of God cleanses our very soul. This does not happen by accident. It has to be purposed. You have to make the decision. For whatever reason, when I get to heaven, that's the one thing I'm going to ask, Lord. Lord, why on earth would you give man a will? There's a reason I'm not God. Because if I was God, you'd do it my way or <laughs> crispy critter on the spot. Nope, didn't obey me. Boom, down, done. Again, that's why I'm not God. He wants us to choose to love him. Wow. I mean, I mean, I mean, think about that and just put it in, in practical terms of your children. You nurtured this child, you created this child, you nurtured this child, you fed this child, you closed this child, and you gave them the opportunity. You can love me or not love me, you treat me however you want to, no matter what. That that'd be hard to handle. Your kid getting in your face telling you what a bump 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 you're this, 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 and maybe it's happened. That's what we do to the Lord. Lord, this is what I think. Yeah, I understand. You're wrong, but we need to conform ourselves to this. And you will be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the word of God. There's, I, and maybe I, and again, I don't know everything, but I don't know of any other way to walk in the peace, in the joy, and the planet that we're living on today or at any time in history outside of that. People say, well, back in the good old days. The good old days had its problems, too. You still needed to walk in the Word of God. You know, back in the 50s, I'm, there were adults saying, man, this is a screwed up world we're living in. In the 60s, screwed up world, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, 2020. It's going to be the same. The Word of God is still the truth. And we need to be conformed to it. Because, again, you wouldn't even be here today if you had not conformed to the Word of God and said, this is the truth, not a truth. And some of you know what I'm talking about. So today, so today, the Word of God is, is more powerful than any between the joint and the marrow, right into the spirit, man. So conform ourselves to this. Because, see, I'm not talking about conforming yourself to this so you can walk out there all high-minded and spiritual and haughty. The more you conform to this, the more humble you're going to become. Amen. I can tell when people have sort of a truth and people have the truth. Because people with a truth, they can get pretty arrogant about it. People that have the truth, they're pretty humble. Amen. So again, why are you here? It has to be this intimate relationship. And I just talked about some things that want to destroy the relationship. This is the restore of the relationship with Christ. This is it right here. Please. I'm not telling you got to study this Bible cover to cover every night. Start to start. Read a scripture verse. Meditate on it. Allow God to speak to you through it. Well, I don't get it. Well, keep reading until something hits you. It will. You can't live without this. Not today, folks. Really, not any day. We've just fooled ourselves into thinking. You know, some of us take, take this word and we, it, it's kind of like we use it as a, as a shot, as an inoculation. Well, I've used a little bit of the word. It'll, it'll keep things away. 
No, live in it. Live in this thing. This is the cure. Amen. Father, we just pray today. I pray that, Lord, somehow through this message, people heard that you love them and you want an intimate relationship with them. And, Lord, there's so many things that the enemy uses to try to destroy that relationship. And, Lord, we know that the word of God is the truth and it is true and that it works. And, Lord, help us to be conformed to this word. Let's meditate on it. Let's confess it. Let's stand on it. Let's believe it. And Lord, let's be patient enough for you to work us through it. I thank you today, Lord. I pray, I pray, Lord, that this word gets right down into our heart, into our spirit. Lord, and we'll begin to walk and make decisions based on the truth. Not on our soul, not on our will, not on our emotions, not on what we think, what we feel, what we see, but by what the word of God says. Help us all, Lord, to be conformed to your image, to be more like you. Lord, we blow it, every one of us, every day. And thank God for your grace that's sufficient. And Lord, we, for, we ask you to forgive us for those areas that we blow it. But we know, Lord, that you've forgiven us. And you just say, just get back to me and the truth of my word. And we give you all the praise today. In Jesus' mighty, mighty name. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you got something out of the day. I hope the Lord blessed you somehow, some way today. Have a great week. It's sunshine and go enjoy the sunny day in the UP. You don't know how many you have left.